podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a view from the bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's the 20th of March, 2019. My name's Patrick Smith. Right, uh, thanks to everybody who got in contact. We had a bit of a different podcast last week with regards to the Challenge Cup victory. And thanks to everybody who got in touch and gives got some nice feedback on that. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about in this show. We'll hear from Rob Patrick. We've got interviews with Adam Keefe, Dustin Jonner. We'll hear also from Aaron Murphy. He'll preview the game of the week on Free Sports. But first, the first voices you'll hear are, of course, Mr. David McJemsey. How are you? Good evening, Patrick. You doing all right? I'm hanging in there, buddy. Hanging in there. Good man. Good man. And also joining us this week is a man who this week had the fantastic opportunity to commentate on St Malachy's College's glorious <laughs> win 3-1 in the Northern Ireland Schools Football Cup at CV. Mr Simon Kitchen, you must have been happy with that. Oh, not a big deal, mate, you know. <laughs> I tell you, the only, like I said, the only problem I have with it, mate, is you sounded much more excited about De La Salle's goal than the three goals scored by the wonderful St Malachy's College. Well, it's all about what odds you get. You got a better odds with some Malachy's College, you know what I mean? Typical <laughs> kitchen bias. I'm starting to buy into some of this stuff. Something to buy into it. Anyway. I, I have to give you a bit of a pat on the back, Peter, Patrick, because I thought the podcast that you put together last week was absolutely brilliant. Oh, mate, team effort. Everybody got stuck into that. It was no, 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 no. All we, Dave and I had to do last week was talk for a couple of minutes. The way you put that whole thing together was, was absolutely superb. You genuinely would have thought that that's a professional production the way you put that together. So fair play to you. That's very kind, mate. It's, I, I, think, I enjoyed it. I think, let's touch wood. Going forward, something like the playoffs and stuff like that, we'll do it in that sort of format. Uh, we'll do that in sort of format again. But uh, yeah, we've had some 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 very nice things been said. So thanks very much, that, man. I really appreciate that. Um, let's get cracking into this week's game. Belfast Giants, off the back of those Challenge Cup victories, had to get back to league competition. Seven games to play at that point. Obviously, five games to play now. But it was the final visit of the season for the Coventry Blaze to the SSC Arena. Games on Friday and Saturday night leading to the big St. Patrick's Day weekend, and no doubt everybody had a great time with that. Let's take these two games as we normally do, and I'll give you all the stats, and then we'll talk about them. On the Friday night, Jantz ran out of 4-1 winners. It wasn't as straightforward as it sounds. It was a very tight game, but in the first period, nearly 15 minutes into that first period, Blair Riley forehand backhand through the through the five hole of Hackett to make it one nil. And before that period was out, Darcy Murphy uh, made it two nil. Into the second period, Ross Venus with the finish past Stephen Murphy in the Giants net all weekend. But Ross Venus made it 2-1. And so it stuck until the final minute when Hackett was pulled and Jordan Smotherman put an insurance goal in to make it 3-1 and Kyle Bond put another one in to make it 4-1. Your goalkeepers, as I said, Stephen Murphy in nets for the missing Tyler Beskarowani. 22 saves off 23 shots. The other side, Matt 
Hackett, 34 saves off 36 shots. Your referees that night were Blake Copeland and Stefan Hogarth. And then we had the same opponents on Saturday night. And it was, once again, a tight affair. 2-1 win for the Belfast Giants. Your goal scorers, well, just one goal scorer for the Belfast Giants. And that was Patrick Dwyer scored twice in the second period on the power play. And in the third period, about eight minutes in. Coventry Blaze pulled one back on the power play through Luke Ferrara. And had a few looks going in towards the end of the game to try to level it. But the Giants were able to hold them. And made it a 2-1 win and a four-point weekend. Stephen Murphy in goal that night. Also 31 saves, 32 shots. Matt Hackett, 33 shots. Sorry, 33 saves or 35 shots. Your referees on the Saturday night were Andrew Dalton and Blake Copeland. Simon, I'll start with you. You were behind the mic for both of these games with Jeff Mason. Um, now, obviously, off the back of the Challenge Cup uh, trophy that we won there's a real positivity going around the club. However, it was back to business. Coventry Blaze are chasing, and we'll talk about this later on, but they're chasing that that last playoff spot, and there's a few teams in fourth. We knew it was going to be tough. We knew it was going to be tight. It's been tight against them all season, and it was tight in both the games this weekend. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with Coventry, to be honest, Paddy. I thought they played really, really well. Um, you know, Neil Whiteside is the way he does the, the pregame now. He always wants us to pick a player to keep an eye on. And, um, the two players that I picked from, from, uh, Coventry last week were, uh, Ben Lake and Alex Nikoforuk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, I, I said we needed to keep both of them quiet. We did that. They, neither of them, uh, picked up a point from memory. I don't think, um, I know Ross Phoenix got the goal on the Friday night and, uh, Ferrari got the goal on the Saturday, but I don't think any, either of them picked up an assist. Um, so when you're stopping Ben Lake playing, who's had a brilliant season, Nick Aforic has had a career year. I, I was looking at the stats last week before we, we did the webcast, and, and he's had more points this year than any other professional year in his career. Um, he's, he's a real strong wee player and gets stuck in, real gritty player. And uh, and we just needed to, to try and... The most important thing was getting the four points. I don't think there were two brilliant games. I, I enjoyed calling them, but I don't think there were two... Um, of the better games we've had this season. Coventry deserve huge credit. Their goaltender came in, uh, played really well, but then at the other end, Leice, and, and that guy who hasn't been in for a hell of a long time, and Stephen Murphy was outstanding. Um, Friday night, he wasn't as busy as what he was on Saturday. To be honest, on Saturday night, I thought he actually won us that game. I genuinely do. They had a couple of big, big chances to uh, to go ahead and, and and Murph come up with, especially our discipline on Friday night. We took too many lazy, stupid penalties. Um, was, I think there was three penalties for tripping, a couple of hooks, and that's that's being either out of position or being lazy to get back into the play. So, you know, our, our discipline needs to be better moving forward. We can't give uh, teams so many chances. Our, our PK, Davey will, will have all the stats. Our PK has been number one in the league, uh, or more or less, for, for at least half the season. And our, our power plays the best in the league as well at the minute. So the special teams picked up a couple of goals at the weekend. Shorthanded from Blair Riley to get us going was was a brilliant effort. Um, and then again, as I say, we Darcy sort of uh, tied things up. But that was I was looking at the, the stats earlier. Darcy getting that goal in the first period. But technically, I keep on thinking it was the second because the way the first period ended with the glass being out. Um, and coming back with 23 seconds to go getting that goal seven seconds after that stoppage was absolutely huge. So four-point weekend, 
you can't do any better than it. But definitely kept the pressure on the uh, the Cardiff Devils, and uh, I thought we thoroughly deserved the wins. But Stephen Murphy came up absolutely huge to make sure we got them. Divi, how difficult thing it is for the team off the back of that Challenge Cup to try to keep your head back in and get back to business. And, you know, as I've said, the the, two, the games we've had all season long with the with the Coventry players, well, at least in my head, I'm looked at the stats in my head, they've always seemed to be pretty close affairs. So it was always going to be a dangerous weekend. Yeah, I think the 4-1, you know, if you were just reading that as a statistic, a 4-1 win looks comfortable enough, you know, with the two empty netters, sort of 45 seconds of play skews the the sort of the, the the way the game really went. There's there was nothing between these two teams all, all weekend long. Both goaltenders were absolutely outstanding on, on, on both nights. Um I think the Coventry Blaze blocked nearly forty shots over the over the course of the two games thanks to to the guys for, for counting those. But you know, it's as as a case of we were coming off the win in, in Cardiff and we talked about, you know, that exhale and, and making sure that we were we were right up for it because there's a lot of games still and a lot of a lot of important games coming thick and fast and I think it's testament to the coaching staff and to the players themselves and the organisation that the, the boys took their couple of days to celebrate and they got right back into hard work again probably on Wednesday Simon um, well they were on the ice on Wednesday but I think it was Thursday before <laughs> they actually a, did anything <laughs> was there a few shadows Simon was there there was, there was definitely a few shadows on Wednesday morning uh, but uh, I, uh, few with the a few boys with the flu maybe on Wednesday as well, but yeah, obviously and back in the real hard skating again on on Thursday, and then obviously the, the the games coming up after that, and you know it's testament to the guys that it wasn't it's not one of the classics, it's not one that you'll be buying a DVD copy of or perhaps even downloading, but it's uh, it's all about getting two points at this stage of the season. You know, the, as I say, we're running out of games, five more left. 10 points to be won there and it was important that we took the four points this weekend as I say nobody will look back on these performances and go there were classics but the four points were the were the crucial part of the equation What about Stephen Murphy David? You know, he, missed ah. out on, he missed out on the Elite League Player of the Week he's missed out on the uh, chasing the puck goalie pull you know he maybe I need to look at a, at a better week and he didn't even get in the goalie pull for uh, CTP um, but Murphy Who are CTP? The, the over the course of the uh, over the course of the weekend, Murphy was phenomenal. Yeah, I think um, the the stats guys put out on their Twitter that he was a you know nine seventy one save percentage, let two goals in across two nights, give us a chance to win the games, <clears throat> and that's all you can do as a goaltender and as a defence. You try and keep the goals out, and you let the boys up front do their talking. And unfortunately, we've came up with more goals than they did. Stephen Murphy has came up with some saves there. That he's no right to make, and and people talk about rolling back the rolling back the years and rolling back the clock and all that sort of thing. This is what you have to expect from someone who has played at the highest level for so many years. It's exceptional that he's been able to do it after such a long layoff. You know, without playing so much hockey because Besko has been so hot, and he's gone in there. Stephen Murphy called upon to to come to the club. You know, come to the rescue whenever he's called upon there, and he stepped between the pipes, and he's had an exceptional weekend. As far as all the Twitter plaudits and all go, that's fine. Like, we need to appreciate Stephen Murphy while he's here. He, he's had a better weekend. The Lucas scored four goals against a, a, an inferior goaltender, so good for him. You know, Ben Bounds is in that pool. He's he's had five goals, not passed him one night. Stephen Murphy's conceded two in 120 minutes. Somebody needs to. 
realize these polls that they're putting out, as we said, as you said, I think on Twitter earlier on, is this a poll for people that weren't paying attention? They clearly, they clearly are. So, you know, Stephen Murphy was exceptional over the weekend. Take nothing away from other people's good performances. You know, we say it with a, a bit of tongue in cheek. We know how well Stephen Murphy played at the weekend. It doesn't really come as any surprise to us anymore. Well, I want to highlight somebody else there says I thought was excellent over the course of the weekend. That was Patrick Dwyer. But again, something we've come to expect. Uh, to be honest, I think he's he's uh, he owes a couple of good games. Um, you know, he's been out. He will. I mean, if you look at it again, Davey's Davey will have the stats there. How many games he's played this year? I think he's missed twenty three games. Um, you know, for the season, I I, 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 he's been out three times. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure it's twenty two or twenty three games he's missed. Davey will, will probably confirm that in a minute. But you know, when you look at that, um, you've missed him for that that amount of games. Um. And, you know, I, I talked to Paddy last week. And when he came into Belfast there in uh, September, I'd asked him about the games uh, for come back to the Challenge Cup right at the very start. So their first weekend in September was away to Dundee and away to Fife. Um, I think it was Saturday, Sunday. And Paddy says, I'm not used to playing two games in a row in two nights. And, uh, and this is, you know, we were talking to him last week about the Challenge Cup uh, video, which which will be out very soon. And um, again, he said that. And then obviously the week after, he's playing two and two. The week after, he's playing three and two. Sorry, three and three. Oh, three and two. Uh, he's playing three and three. And, uh, you know, it's it's missing all those games and having, you know, coming into the league, taking an injury, coming back from it, picking up another injury, coming back from that. And then pick up another one. And, you know, when you miss those games, it knocks you off kilter. Yes, you're, you know, you're, you're out of, off the ice and you're not getting as much skating as you'd like. Um, but again, I, th- I think I said it on, uh, on Saturday night. Uh, we, we actually picked Patrick Dwyer as the guy to keep an eye on. And, and I thought he was due a good game on Sunday, Saturday night. I thought he was excellent. Um, playing in between, uh, Kai Bond and Darcy Murphy. You know, that must be just, you know, unbelievable for those two kids to come in there. They're only 26, 27. Um, you know, both of them get on the score sheet. Uh, Dwyer assisted on both of them as well. You know, he could just put, a, put it right on the plate for you. Um, he's top, top quality. I'd love to see him around again next season. Hope, he, hope he's still going to stay. And um, I genuinely hope he's finishes the season very, very, very strong. Go on, Davey. How many games has he missed? 23. 23 games. Stat man. <laughs> Although I think that's what Simon said at the start, so, you know. He must read what I send him. Davey, I, honestly, I could, I've said this to you before, and I, I've already given Patty a pat in the box, or back, sorry. <laughs> so I'll give you a pat in the back. I couldn't do the webcast without the support from you and the guys that do the stats. All the, the stats that I came out with the weekend, some people think I'm talking shit, but it's uh, it's all supplied by you, and, and it's a massive pat on the back for you as well, mate. Thank well, you. I, I'll take your pat on the back on behalf of the stats team, because as, as Jeff Mason was kind enough to say, I'm only the CEO of a, <laughs> of, of a, of a great band of guys and girls, and I would add... You know, Steve the part in there as well. Although he, he he does other stats for the club, you know he he's part of a, a little team there that we've built up of of willing volunteers that just trying to make. As we were talking to Steve Thornton on the ice after the after the the Challenge Cup final success, you know all we're trying to do is get that half percent advantage. 
you know, that's all that you can do with, you can, you know, stats is just analysis. Players have to go out and play, but sometimes when you arm them with a wee bit of extra information, it can improve their game. So that's all we're trying to do. I saw a great picture on Twitter. I don't know it was Andrew Cochran. Somebody put it up there. I think it was one of your, one of your guys, Keelan Dini, just uh, demonstrating to a few fans how, how he goes about doing the stats. That was great. Did you see that? Did you see no. That? no, you didn't see that? <laughs> he was down with a laptop. I think he was just explaining what he does or what sort of role he has, which is a, a nice little touch from just to show. Hopefully not giving away too many secrets. Um, the CEO doesn't have to you know, get it beneath himself for all that type of thing, Davey, anymore. Sure that, right? <laughs> That's crack, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, on that note, a four-point weekend for the Belfast Giants. There's plenty more to talk about in regards to where that leaves us. We'll come to that in a short while. The highlights, Belfast Giants TV of both games with Cez and Mr. Mason, and you can get those in kingdomofthegiants.com. Um, before we go down to training, and uh, here we Sis had a chance to chat too, just a quick word for our sponsors, Beer52, they're the UK's number one beer subscription service. If you like your craft beers, they'll fire you a box full once a month. This month, uh, it's all to do with the rugby in the Six Nations. We'll not talk too much about that. Congratulations to Wales. But uh, all the beers come from different Six Nations countries uh, and you can get your box by going to beer52.com forward slash avftb and if you go there of course the first box is on us um also a big thanks of course to our other sponsors total performance fitness who get behind our post-game interviews and of course funacab the sponsor of the player of the month award right let's get down to training first time in a while since has had the opportunity to get down there he did speak with adam keith but first let's hear from dustin johnner joined by dustin johnner after tuesday morning's practice um four points the weekend uh, a couple of days off to enjoy some patrick's day um how do things go for you yeah, it's good actually. You know, it's always nice when you get a four points. It makes you know celebrating a little bit easier, and you know having family in town and the guys out to you know have a little fun and enjoy the the culture around here on St. Paddy's Day is pretty good. Obviously, you know, spend uh, uh, a national holiday um, in Belfast, um, and being from from Canada it must be a wee bit different than, than what you normally be used to. Yeah, absolutely. It's always it's always exciting to be able to you know share in these traditions that people have here, and you know the city was buzzing you know all weekend with the parade and taking my family down to see that was pretty cool. And you know we do celebrate St. Patrick's Day back home, but you know there's nothing like being really in Ireland or Northern Ireland for something like that. This week, uh, another two big games. You only get five left in the, in the uh, league season now. Um, I think it's fair to say that uh, to keep the pressure on the, the Cardiff Devils, we need to win every one of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the way they've been playing you know, the whole year, we can't expect them to lose too many games. And, you know, we just got to hope they lose one and, and we just got to do our job and get all five. Manchester, Friday. You've had success against them already this season. Um, big team, small rank. Um, I'm sure the boys are well up for it after that skating session this morning because you bit of a, a bag skate at the end. Yeah, yeah, boys were working hard. We knew we knew we were going to come in. We got to work hard this week to prepare for that team, and we knew going in there how they play. They they've built the team for that arena. You know, big guys, and, and we went in there and we know how the atmosphere is in there. And but we've had success there, and we just got to come in and do the simple things right and, and, and make sure we get more goals than they do. Cheers, Johnny. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Adam. Um, back at the weekend, four points. Um, Coventry players put up two tough tasks again, and, and uh, they're fighting for their lives to try and get into the, for the playoff spot in the last spot in eighth, eighth place, uh, and then giving the guys a couple of days off to, to uh, uh, recuperate and get ready for this weekend. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Um, obviously, uh, you know, really happy for Stephen Murphy to come in and um, you know play 
great and you know, brings back some great memories of of uh, the Steve Murphy that that has won us league championships in the past. So that uh, was great for him and, and great for the team. And uh, I thought both teams played pretty well. I thought I thought both goalies played great. I thought the Coventry's goalie was great as well. And I think if uh, you know the scores could have been a little bit different uh, if we had potted some of our, our chances there on him. But uh, I thought in particular on the Saturday, uh, I thought Stephen Murphy kept us in it and, and gave us the chance to, to win that game. The Sheffield Steelers put out a big result on uh, Saturday night against the Cardiff Devils. So uh, the league's certainly not over. There's five games left for the Stanley Line Belfast Giants. Um, everyone wins cup final. Yeah, we just got to worry about ourselves. Like we've been talking about here for a while now, just one game at a time. And, and just try to keep that pressure on Cardiff. At the, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is the the league is in uh, Cardiff's hands, and uh, you know we just want to make sure that that they have to to finish every game off the right way, or, or they're in some trouble. And we can only do that by worrying about ourselves. And in each game that's in front of us. The with that game of the Sheffield beating Cardiff, uh, the Giants were um, crowned the Earhart Conference champions, and that's that's uh, that is a big deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough trophy to win, and obviously with the, the the caliber of teams that are in that conference, so yeah, it's a nice uh, bonus there. But to, to be completely completely honest here, you know, our, our focus is on ourselves and and on the the league title. That uh, to be completely honest, yeah, I didn't even notice. Uh, I, I knew about that, uh, but after the game had done, somebody it took us about half hour to figure out that that we were conference champions. So, but uh, no, it's nice, and it's nice for uh, the the uh, fan base to, to celebrate another trophy and you know it's a small victory for us but uh, it's certainly one that uh, we haven't held in the last few years so um, I think the last time we held it was the last time we won the league so hopefully that's a good omen The uh, Friday night brings out uh, the Manchester Storm a trip to the Drizzle Dome um, over in Altrincham uh, tough team to play against big boys in that room as well but uh, I'm sure these guys are going to be well up for it yeah, I think that everybody's kind of getting excited here, and you know this is the end stretch of, of the season, and uh, their last uh, I think it is nine games left together as a as a team, and you know there's multiple guys in that room that uh, may never play uh, another game professionally, so I think everybody's kind of getting excited and, and emotional about that, and and I think that you can feel that. I thought practice was uh, spectacular today, and if. One of the one of the better ones uh, of the season, just in terms of mood and energy, and um, thought the guys worked extremely hard. So I think that you know that that feeling and that belief is there, and uh, we just got to follow it through on, on Friday, and then obviously come back home here and worry about Sheffield on Sunday. Thanks to Adam and to Dustin and to Simon for getting down there. Um, apart from Wales's victory over the weekend, which I'm sure says Taff was talking about. Oh, mate, you've no idea. I mean, even I, he, he started giving it to me and I couldn't give a toss about rugby. Um, you know, he's, he's every person that came in through those doors on Saturday got it. What was the, what was the rugby score? What a funny shot. Um, and he knew fine right there. Face, he looked like a, a wee burning dragon is on the, the, uh, the crest of the, of the Wales jersey, but, um, he absolutely enjoyed that one at the weekend. Well, Wales he's, weren't, he, he still counts himself as Welsh after all these years, says. I Welsh with a Northern Ireland accent, you know. <laughs> Well, Wales weren't the only team to pick up a trophy this weekend. The Belfast Giants were confirmed as Erhard Conference champions following the Cardiff Devils' defeat to the Sheffield Steelers in South Yorkshire. Uh, they win based on the fact it was still a game to play against the Sheffield Steelers in the conference this Sunday. But 
With uh, Cardiff having completed all of their games, they are one point behind the Giants, and therefore the Giants with 23 points are confirmed conference champions. Uh, Davey, I assume that was you applauding in the background. This is one that you especially wanted in the back. Yes! <laughs> I really love the conference. I know it's only a side. <laughs> it's only a side. And I've always been this way. And any, you can go back through 10 years of podcasts or however many years the, the conferences have been going. And I've always said it's a trophy I like to win, especially our conference. The other conferences, not so much. They're not as hard to win. You're playing against the Cardiffs, the Nottinghams, and the Sheffields. You're playing, the, I think it was. It might have been Robert that the coined it, the Piranha Pool or the Shark Tank or something. Like that. You know, it's a difficult, it's the hardest conference to win. You're playing the best teams the most times. And if you come out on top of that, well, it kind of shows you that we've maybe struggled against other teams because we're just that little, you know, flies wing behind, behind Cardiff, although we've beat them in the conference. It's the nicest of all the trophies. By a mile, it's nicer than the new Elite League trophy. So it's nice to get a big bit of silverware. They say the players will not be too fussed about a conference because you know it's it's probably the least of the. It's it's potentially the the hardest one to win, but you know after the league. But you know it, it's nice to win it. We'll not be hanging a banner for it, but it'll be one that uh, in years to come I'll have down on on Adam Keefe's uh, list of trophies as a win. Yep, it's still a notch on that trophy list, Simon. It is, and Davey, you just touched on it there because I've actually made a note about it. This, um, why don't we have a banner for it? Don't know. Probably because banners cost money. I'll bet Manchester. Manchester well, you, banner. you need Manchester to buy. I, I think this is the third or fourth time we've won it. That's maybe good. we should have. Maybe we should have a conference banner where you just add to the years if if that's what's required. But I, 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 I would I, love. I, I. Firmly, I strongly support you, mate. I think there should be a banner for the conference. I Always think we should. I think we should be starting a GoFundMe page. There's, uh, there's one that for because the, there should be one for the Challenge Cup if it's not up already, and there should be one for the uh, conference. Well, I'm pretty sure the Challenge Cup one's being sorted. Um, there was one up last year for the Championship uh, Women Cardiff, and I'm, I'm 99.9 percent sure. I might even be ready this weekend. Maybe but, we should. Um, maybe we should be waiting to try and get the. Uh, Four for the price of three, or three for the price of four, whatever it is. Again, I, 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 I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly agree with Davy. You know, it's a, a you certainly any that doesn't make a difference what silver where it is. I, I mean, we even won one over to Brayhead there and won an Indu Cup just for no big deal a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> back to back, take, mate, back to back into Cup. Back winners. to back. You take it when you can get it. Um, you know, trophies don't come along that often. We're lucky enough we've won two in the last two years. Um, but you know, because we've won those two, I want more. And obviously, picking that one up at the weekend, and and I think it's going to be presented this weekend. So you know, two trophies, and so far this season, I think we, we're all we're not you know hiding anything. We all would love to win the league. Um, yeah. And it's uh, you know it, it's, it's still five games each to play, and it's not dead yet. Yep, congratulations to the Giants on picking up the Air Hard Conference round the league. Uh, let me see. Dops. Dops. There's actually not that. There's not anything directly from Dops. I am playing the tune, but yeah. Dops. Because I like it. But one thing that hasn't been, and it's actually brought up, it's uh, a tweet came from the Five Flyers today stating that uh, Chase Shaber 
is more than likely going to be out for the rest of the season following uh, taking a hit to put it into the boards from Aaron Johnson. Uh, they they showed the video. They slowed it right down. They haven't said as much, but I think they're obviously inferring that they expected something coming Johnson's way from Dops, which Simon hasn't come. Uh, I haven't heard anything as well yet from Dops. Is 100% right, Paddy. And, I mean, I've watched it. Is it Chase Shaber, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he puts himself in a very vulnerable position. You know, says, let me come across you, right? Yes, thanks very much, so to speak. Um, there has been an, a massive increase for me this season in the, 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 the what you would consider the worst hits that have, have happened this season of where defensive players, and when I say defensive, I mean the player being hit, has put themselves in a bad position. Yes. So many times. I'll let you crack on with that. But Hashay from, Hache from uh, Coventry. So many, so many times. Yeah, sure. Jonathan Ferland hit him. And again, it totally. I honestly feel that's the defenseman's fault. Yeah. And I feel this, this is the Chase Shaver's fault. You know, he puts the brakes on, turns towards the wall. And as a defenseman playing the game, you know, years ago, I'd have done exactly the same thing as Aaron Johnson. You know, just to put the brakes on and not hit the guy is probably harder than hitting him. You know, he's coming in at speed. He's, he's, Chase Shaber's going up the wall, going away from the net, and Aaron Johnson is just, you know, keeping him to the outside. You can see that the there's a um, there's a steeler up towards the point, so that passes out. He doesn't turn around and cycle back into the corner. He tries to make a move with the puck to take it back down the wall into the corner, and he gets nailed. And for me, Chase Shaber as a player, has either got to be tighter to the boards so he doesn't have that two and a half, maybe three foot gap that he's then leaning over and he face plants himself into the wall or he's got to prepare and know that he's going to get hit. Tom Barrasso would have went through Aaron Johnson like a shortcut if he had let him past him. If she ever had to get past him and go back down the wall because he was hesitating, I better not hit him because I'm going to hurt him. Sometimes you get hurt. That's the way the game is. I don't want to take that out of the game. Yes, by all means, there's been guys, you know, happening in the last couple of years and this season as well that have made bad hits. They see the numbers the whole time. I honestly can't really blame Aaron Johnson on this hit. The numbers are there at the last minute. It's like going into a road traffic accident. You know, sometimes it's just inevitable that you're going to make contact with another car. And unfortunately for, for Chase Shaver, he's out for the rest of the season for or more or less than, than what it said there. They can't obviously replace him because it's too late in the season to bring somebody in. But I, I think he's he's done that himself. I, I think that he's put himself in a very vulnerable position. And if, if Aaron Johnson gets suspended for that, by all means, I'd love him being suspended this weekend because we played him on Sunday. But if he gets suspended that, I think it'd be very, very hard done by. Obviously, Davey, there's a frustration there from the Five Flyers. They've lost a guy that they've tweeted out to say, you know, the, it's unlikely that the Flyers forward Chase Shaver will return to the ice this season. And uh, Todd Dudium said it's frustrating to lose a key player in such a manner as we try to keep, secure a playoff spot. Now, in such a manner, and then attached to that, is a slowed down video of the actual hit. Fife have had their run-ins with Dops time and time again over the last number of seasons. We know how frustrated they have been with the operation of Dops. And this is, this doesn't come as, as a surprise. It's just another case for them. Um, yeah, like I'm not sure how I feel about 
any club tweeting out that kind of stuff. It's a, you know we're trying to be. I'm not. It's difficult because they've lost a player in, in sketchy circumstances, and I suppose they feel that they're waiting for the league to, to you know, to, to do something. I would assume Dops have already told them they're not doing something, or they wouldn't have put that out there themselves. They wouldn't compromise Dops or themselves by by doing that. So I'm assuming they've been told that there's going to be no further action. Um, not sure how I feel about clubs. <laughs> we probably did ourselves, so it can't be too critical. Um, we would certainly do it from AVFTB if we thought there was a sketchy hit. So. It's just well, the chance have done it. I'm not going to say the chance have done. It. Do you remember the Daryl Lloyd uh, Slewfoot or the supposed Slewfoot? Then we released a video to show how ridiculous it was. Yeah, well, I think if you've got evidence to the contrary, if you if you're being accused of something and you've got evidence to prove it didn't happen, um, I think that's a different case to put out. But I'm just not sure about it. Um, I feel a bit sorry for for Todd Dudium. who got to spend some time with him a couple of weeks ago. They're a lovely gentleman, and you know. It's unfortunate for him and his club there that they're 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 battling away that that playoff spot, that final playoff spot is going to still be hotly contested over the next two weekends, and you know it could be a massive setback. Sabers are a really big big player for them. No, Fife are going to be in the playoffs. I don't see that being an issue. But I, I've just literally pulled up their um, fixture list. I thought they might have been playing Sheffield, and that's why they've probably put that out. But they don't. Next games against Guildford and then Nottingham. Yeah. Okay. I other things around the league. Milton Keynes, the Lightning mm. are dropping out of the Elite League. Uh, from their website, the Smith Recycling Milton Keynes Lightning announced today that they will compete in the newly announced National Ice Hockey League commencing for the 1920 season. Uh, announced by the EIHA earlier this month, this exciting new league will sit above the existing NIHL Division 1 North and South, and the Lightning's membership was confirmed in a meeting of the NLMG and interested parties today, alongside applications from nine other teams, the National League will comprise of Basingstoke, Bracknell, Hull, the brand new team in Leeds, the Milton Keynes Lightning, the Peterborough Phantoms, the Raiders, the Sheffield Steve Dogs, the Swindon Wildcats, and the Telford Tigers. Uh, Davey, it's sad to see a team drop out of the league. Obviously, Milton Keynes have had a real struggle this season, only their second season in the league, and maybe not as strong financially as the Guildford Flames have been to, to battle as they have. But uh, you don't really want to see a team drop out like that. Well, it's kind of we, we, we kind of seem to replace an Edinburgh with an Edinburgh. Um, you know, I, I've heard certain noises about due diligence on on the ownership and promises that were either made and broken or, or not made or, or made and just not carried out. Um, you know, they haven't had a better season last season, I think, than they've had this year. It's, it's been a disaster from the very start for them. And obviously the issues with the coach, which still, I think that's maybe an ongoing bit of a legal thing going on there still, which still needs sorted out going through the It's tables. a 2-1 game. We're playing great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think that'll run and run over the summer and, and they've decided to maybe cut their cloth according to their means and, and take a step back from what must be a much more expensive operation in the Elite League than than going down a league. It'll be interesting to see where a few of their players end up, whether they're Brit players will try and they're, they're sort of higher-end players will try and stay in the league or will they stay loyal to Milton Keynes. And we talked about Colleen and Nets previously in the season about whether he would stay in the elite league, whether he would get a, a job further up the ladder or, you know, so interesting times for them, I suppose, for their supporters' point of view. They're going into what's going to be a pretty competitive league. You know, the names that you have round off there, the Telfords and the Swindons and the what. You know, the, the new team in Leeds, a bit of an unknown quantity, but that's a that's a it's going to be a, a decent um, 
second tier, if you like, and will that will that mean that more British players will want to play in that second tier because they're going to get more ice time, they're probably going to get similar money, it's going to be less stress, not quite as full-time an operation, and, you know, does that mean it's going to be more difficult for elite league teams to recruit next season because of a higher second tier? I just don't know. It seems like it's the reformation of the uh, elite, sorry, the English Premier Ice Hockey League, yeah. the way that that's looking. So it's, uh, Milton Keynes just haven't got it. No, and to be honest, I'm surprised they actually got to the end of the season. Um, you know, I'd heard whispers back in, I think it was probably about late November, or early December, that they were they were struggling and yeah. Um, and uh, a fair play to them. You know that it's running a, a professional ice hockey team is not cheap. Um, I know they don't fill their barn every week. Um, from what I've heard, you know, I was speaking to Taff about this the other day, and Taff was saying, you know, going in there. It's one of the loudest barns in the, in the in the league, and it's compact. The fans are right on top of you. Um, the fans for Milton Keynes do a great job, and all of us have done. Um, but you know, it's never nice to see teams drop out of the league. However, if there is only ten teams next year, I think it might even improve the product that we have because we've seen how much hockey our guys have played this year. Yep. If we if we win, if we go to the final of the uh, playoffs. I think it's 81 games. I can't yeah. maybe able to confirm it, but I think it's 81 games that we'll have played competitively. A couple of preseason games as well on top of that. But that is a lot of hockey in, in such a short space of time. And um, if the, if the um, Milton Keynes obviously stepping out, that then <laughs> potentially puts the, the, uh, the fixture list down to 54 games. Um, and, put, and again, if you look at it the other way around, it's three weekends less. So our, our midweek games, you know what I mean. So it's, uh, I, I think it might end up being a little bit better. You know, you just never know what might happen. You know, you might end up having another team come into the league. Mur- Murrayfield had been talked about, and I've seen in that uh, that press release that they put out uh, from the English Ice Hockey Association this week about Milton Keynes or last week, sorry. Uh, you know, Murrayfield were mentioned in that with regards to some separate cup competition for for uh, the Northern teams or the Scottish teams. So you just never know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things pan out uh, from the board meeting. Uh, I think it's the week after the the uh, the playoff final. Um, so sorry, sorry to see them go. I mean, we've been, we've been very, very successful against them. Uh, we're 6-0 and this year. If they'd have dropped out, we'd have lost 12 points. Do you know what I mean? That's so it's, it's finished the season. Uh, uh, that's 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 probably being a selfish party. You know what I mean? But yeah, you're 100 percent right. Hopefully, hopefully they can come up with one more big game. They've got to play the Devils on yeah. uh, next <laughs> week, and hopefully they can do that and come out of that because they've, they've given the Devils some trouble this year. Yep. Um. You know, we, we had a tight game with them. I can't remember the score, Paddy. Do you know what the score was? Eight nil. No. No. The, the, <laughs> against Milton Keynes. Oh, you stepped in there. Uh, you slept in there, but that's okay. Um, two, two one. Yeah, that, that two one game. The uh, but uh, sorry to see them go. You know, it's I a two one game. We're playing great. Yeah. Sorry, man. So we uh, something else. <laughs> uh, I come back to says it talked about you know the the mighty games we've played, and uh, if we go to the playoff final weekend, yeah, it'll end up with we'll have uh, a few guys that'll have played eighty one games. Can you name? The four guys says that have played every game this season, or we'll leave that to Paddy actually because you see these stats every week. On Paddy, four players played every game so far, 72 games each. Kendall McFall. Ding! 
Darcy Murphy? No. No. It has to be on D. Josh Roach. Josh Roach, yeah, another one. Which is interesting because I'm sure they've already played as many games oh, this season as the last three seasons combined for them. Not that far off it, yeah. It must be. Uh, so, so I'm missing two more. Has to be another man on D. I'll go for Curtis Leonard. Very good. So just one more guy. That surprised me. Blair, <laughs> if that, if, that, if Blair, that helps. Blair Riley? No, no, no Riley missed a lot at the start of the season. No, I think I know what I think I know what surprised you. Johnny Boxel? No, no Boxy's been a healthy scratch. Uh, no, I think I've got it. Go on. I, I, I... Dustin Johnner? Johnner, yeah. Oh, of course. DJ. He's Which been exceptional. Phenomenal. Dude. 57, 57 points. Considering last season, 57 points. He's came in, he's been outstanding. He hasn't had to have a rest. And I just think he's had a really, really phenomenal season. 100% and a couple of really big goals. Um, let's see what else. Oh, Team GB. Head coach Peter Russell has named the 28-man squad for Great Britain's training camp next month and matches against Italy and Hungary. The roster will be cut to 25 for back-to-back games against KHL side Torpedo. And the squad, and that squad will go on to represent GB at the World Championships in Slovakia in May. Uh, of that squad, there are two Belfast Giants. That's Colin Shields and Mark Garside. Says warranted. Uh, anybody missing? I know Paul Swindler's disappointed. Um, he's, he is on the reserve list. I know Lewis Hooker disappointed as well. The, the problem that you have is, you know, both those guys don't get a regular shift um, with us at the minute. And, you know, Adam, the way Adam's run the benches, it's been tight for them. And, and all the games recently have been tight as well. So it's, uh, I, I can see their point. I mean, Paul played really well last year. Lewis Hook's an up-and-coming youngster. Um, you know, he's still only 21, so he's, he's plenty of time on his side. But, you know, you're playing the best countries in the world. Everybody would want to be involved. So, you know, it doesn't make it anybody that's missed out will be very, very disappointed. Uh, best of luck to the boys that, that end up going out there. Um, and I hope Sheds and, and uh, Gary, because I know there's still three guys that they potentially cut from that. And hopefully Sheds and Gary are going to be on that plane. A couple of players coming in, Davey, and the likes sorry, of Sorry, sorry Paddy. I'm actually, I asked a question of Mace at the weekend. Do you think Stephen Murphy will be disappointed? Because he's not in the team, especially the way he played at the weekend. No. Um, no. Well, Paddy going to answer that? Or am I going to answer that? Well, <laughs> if I come in and say that the, obviously the three net miners are Jackson Whistle, Ben Bounds, and Tom Murdy. Now, Jackson Whistle and Ben Bounds, they're locks. They're, they've been playing all season as their team's number one goalkeeper. I think they have to be locks in that. Tom Murdy is the backup to Ben Bounds and probably has played as much as Stephen Murphy. So he hasn't played, played, no, he hasn't played as much as him. No way. He, he's come in for what? Has he not come in for four or five games this season? Aye, but I mean, the game, Murph, Murph playing, Murph's in double figures now. For this At season? Least. Yeah, absolutely. Really? I mean, yeah. I was that much. Yeah. Um, so it, it, there, there's two there's two sides to it. Yeah, would I like to see Murph in that lineup? Well, it's Team GB. I don't really care. But, it, but you know, it's, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, would, would I like to see Stephen Murphy in that lineup? For Stephen Murphy, yes, I would. But then Pete Russell also has to have a look at, you know, 
this would be Stephen Murphy's probably his final tournament. And yes, a great one for him to be part of. But he's probably looking to Tom Murdy to be in a long-term guy coming in as part of the Team GB setup. So does he keep him as part of it? It's a tough decision. Uh, I would like to see Murph part of it, but I, I can understand why Murdy would be the selection. I, I, can under, I can understand it too. My, my argument with it is that Stephen Murphy, Ben, you've already touched on Ben Bounds and Jackson Whistle played a lot of hockey this year. Stephen Murphy's fresh. He's still got it. He's been experienced. He's been there and he's done it. Tom Murdy, if it was up to me and I was the coach, and just say for argument's sake, Jackson's hip blew up and he's got to go in as a as a backup to Ben Bounds. And I'm no, I, I, I've only met Tom Murdy once. Um, I don't know the kid. Um, and any time he's come in, he seems, you know, seems to do a decent enough job for Cardiff Devils. But I know who I'd rather have as a backup. David? I'm just quickly looking here. I see Thomas Murdy has pay, played 39 minutes. Sorry, 49 minutes all season in the league. I'm just quickly checking here to see if he's got anything sure, he started a game, in not? Challenge Cup games. Um, Challenge Cup. Challenge he's Cup played games. three Challenge Cup games as well. Yeah, um, Stephen go. Murphy's played a dozen games this season. So, you know, in terms of ice time, neither of them have faced, uh, you know, <laughs> too much rubber this season. But... For me, you know, I'm going to be a little bit partisan. I, I believe Stephen Murphy, even though he's, he's coming towards the end of his career, is a better goaltender um, all round than, than Thomas Murdy. If you were going to put him nets in the World Championships, I think he would he would save you more than, than Murdy was. But, you know, as, as Simon has said, it's it, it, Peter Russell will, will have been looking at Stephen Murphy over this last, I'm talking to Adam Keefe, over this last three months. And, and probably Kiefer wouldn't have expected... Stephen Murphy to maybe even play last weekend, you know, circumstances, Stephen's came in, he's done really, really well, but, you know, Stephen himself won't have expected to go to the World Championships because he hasn't been playing. He can't expect they've been picked for your country if you're not playing for your club, and yet he's came in the last weekend, done brilliantly, don't know what this weekend or, or the next, you know, what is there, two, three weeks of the season left. You know, things can change. If Stephen Murphy has to play the next couple of weekends and his lights out, he gives, he gives Peter Russell a... a you know, a decision to make, uh, and that's all they can do. But at the minute, yes, I can see where you're coming from too, Paddy. You know, with a with an eye on future terms as well. Maybe Tom Murdy's the going to be the guy because Stephen Murphy, as you say, won't be around forever. But you know, for me, of course, I would pick Stephen Murphy for GB. But that's you know, that's the Belfast Giant and the the Team GB fan in me. Guys, let's be honest here. In all fairness, like you know, Ben Bounds and Jackson Missile could end up having really bad backs picking the puck out of the back of this net. So, you know, it, it could be... I reckon, I honestly reckon Canada could hit double figures against us. It's the difference. I I've genuinely said, I've, said, I've said this before, mate. I think of the selection that, you know, my things, but regards to GB and the and the challenge they have in front of them, the, the, the performance of the goalkeeper in the games against Canada, I think we're all sure it's the difference between being beaten by 10 or being beaten by... Fifteen, you know, it's. I don't. You're, I think you're right, Paddy. I genuinely, I don't, I don't, I have never really, you know, I, I got the chance to go away last year for the time with, with, to watch GB playing uh, in a in a tournament, and I thought they were excellent. The way they were put together was fantastic. But this is the next level. I mean, this is the top level in world hockey. You know, you've, if you if you look down the list of teams that aren't going to make the playoffs in the NHL. The first guy comes to mind is Connor McDavid. The kid is insane. I mean, he's playing on a shit team 
in the Edmonton Oilers this year, and he scored over a hundred points. Yeah, but, he, but he's, he's never, yeah, but he's he's never played. He's never played against Davy Phillips. He's never played against Davy Phillips on a cold Wednesday night in the middle of Slovakia. You're, You're right. absolutely right, mate. But uh, listen, again, I wish them the best of luck. I hope they go out there and they put up a good, a good uh, uh, showing against all the teams that they play in. If they could get one win, if they could get one win. That is a huge success. Well, let's be fair. They shocked, I think they shocked everybody by actually reaching this stage, and there's no reason why they can't shock everybody again and put in a good showing in the big games. It's a, it's a fantastic opportunity for everybody, all 28 on that squad and the 25 that get selected to go out there. It's a fantastic opportunity for the exposure of Team GB and ice hockey in this country. I'd be very interested to see coming in the next couple of months what sort of exposure it actually does get because this is... San Marino making the World Cup finals. You know that it is. It is, regards to you know it is a a small. Oh, I'm not budget. sure. I'm not sure it's that. Well, okay, me okay. That maybe I'm 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 a bit of hyperbole. More hyperbole. of like a Republic of Ireland, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> ah dear, should have, should have sat up. It's like Northern Ireland reaching up, but it's like the, but it's a little bit of hyperbole. But it, it's a, it's a small, it's a small nation in regards to the global, global ice hockey reaching the top table. And when that happens, they always step up and they can step up. And there's no reason to say that they wouldn't be able to give themselves a good show. No doubt it'll be something we'll talk about more in the next couple of weeks as that squad gets whittled down to its 25. Um, League table, five games remaining, 60 games in total. Of course, five games remaining for both the Belfast Giants and the Cardiff Devils. For the Belfast Giants, three at home against the Steelers, the Flyers and the Stars, and two away this weekend against the Storm and next Wednesday against the Blaze. Oh, Wednesday after against the Blaze. Uh, for Cardiff, two at home, Storm and Lightning, and three away, Cardiff Stars and Blaze. The table, it's the table itself, Cardiff lead the way, 55 games played, 86 points. Belfast Giants, 55 games played, 84 points. And then when you drop down to third, it's nearly a 20-point gap between second and third. Car- uh, Nottingham Panthers in third, 57 played, 67 points. Then Glasgow, 65 points. Guildford, 61. Sheffield, 60. Five sixty, and then you've got what is the playoff battle uh, for one spot. I'd, I'd say that Steelers and Fife are more or less done with their playoff battle. I think they're going to make it through. But Manchester Storm, 56 played, 55 points. They're in that eighth spot, and they play us on Friday. Coventry in ninth, 55 played, 55 points. And Dundee Stars, 56 played, 54 points. Milton Keynes in 11th, they're gone. 32 points there, 20 odd points back again. Um, that playoff battle, Davy, Storm, Blaze, Stars. Th- there is one point in it. You know, the, the, the Coventry Blaze have a game in hand on the other two. I still think it's those three. The, the five point gap up to the five flares, I think, is going to be enough for them. So, from those three, who are the strong ones? Oh, well, no, we're obviously going to give, we'll give the whole thing we said the last couple of weeks. We would really like to see passion there, but you know we'd like to see the Dundee Stars make it because our, you know, we have a lot of time for Omar. But they're they're currently in tenth position. They yeah, are, I need to see their I need to see their run-ins, Paddy. I'm but, just looking them up now, Paddy. Yeah, David, keep okay. talking. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, look, it, it, it's one of those. You know, you've got a lot of friends in the Manchester organisation there, Paddy. There's you know we've got a good friend, Brian Finnerty. Uh, yeah, Coach Finnerty there, and and. Um, 
you know, we've obviously got passed down up in Dundee there that we, we enjoy spending a bit of time with as well. You know, and, and you've obviously got your good friend Rob Place there, there as well and in Coventry, so you know, with, I've you got know, a lot of friends. Got a lot of friends. You've got you've got a friend in every camper, Paddy. You know, you've got that. a friend in me. And you've got a friend. You used to have a friend in me, and uh, <laughs> you know, we. It's uh, as a seventeen year running. I'm just filling here. Says any chance? All right, Dundee. I've got Coventry, the Devils, oh. the Giants, and Guildford. All right, so the Manchester. I've got Belfast, mm-hmm. Cardiff. Mm-hmm. All right, that's their first two games. And then Milton Keynes mm-hmm. and Coventry. Huh. So oh, of... sorry. Yeah, that's, that's them. And then Coventry have... They have five games. They have five. So they've done day tomorrow night, mm-hmm. which is crucial. Yeah. Saturday, they have no game. Sunday, they play Guildford away. Mm-hmm. Giants in the 27th, which is a Wednesday night. And they finish with Manchester... And the Devils on the last game of the season. I'm just not sure there's enough points there for Dundee to, to you know, the, the games against each other. Those three teams all play each other. They're going to be crucial, big, big, big games. I don't know, Paddy. I think that's just going to go. I can't predict. I think that's going to go the last weekend of the season, perhaps even the last game. Seven. Uh, I don't really care. <laughs> You know, you, you, touch, you touched on you would like to see um, uh, Pash get there, but honestly, don't care. I'm more concentrated on what we're doing. Well, it, uh, I care for the simple reason that it could be who we're facing. Well, uh, you're, you're yeah. absolutely right. But who would you rather face between Dundee and Manchester? Manchester, probably. Would you really? Out of those three I, teams, I'd, I'd rather line up against Dundee. So would I. Dundee, Every day Dundee, of the week, and maybe twice on a Sunday. Dundee have caused us problems this season at times. Like, why would yeah, they, they, like that why, Challenge why, Cup quarter final. Yeah, why, uh, why, why couldn't they? Why, yeah, why couldn't they pull another result yeah, out of yeah, the no. mm. Yeah, but they still they've taken a couple of wins. I think when it comes down to the crucial big games and knockout competitions, we're just gonna we'll be okay. Fair enough. <laughs> well, that, the uh, over the next couple of weeks, obviously we play Dundee in that final game of our regulation season uh, next Saturday. But I'd say it's between the Storm, the Blaze and the Stars for that eighth spot and only one point between them. Um, when it comes to the top of the table, the Cardiff Devils play on Wednesday night and that is the free sports game of the week. So let's hear the details from Aaron Murphy. <laughs> Free Sports Live and Exclusive EIHL coverage continues Wednesday, March 20th. The Glasgow clan welcome defending league champions Cardiff to town. The Devils, currently in top spot on 86 points, will be looking for a second win over the clan in the span of four days, coming off a 2-0 win in Cardiff Sunday. The clan are in fourth with a playoff spot clinched, but still have third spot on the horizon, trailing the Panthers by two points. Pete Russell's side will also be looking to snap a four-game losing streak. Cardiff have scored the most goals this season with 216 heading into this matchup. So can Glasgow get back to winning ways? Or will the Devils' ambitions of another league title gain more ground and another two points? Find out live on Free Sports this Wednesday. The pregame show starts at 7 p.m. with myself, Aaron Murphy, alongside Paul Aidy and Chris Ellis with the face-off at 7.30 p.m. from Glasgow. 
Clan versus Devils, March 20th. Exclusive EIHL action on Free Sports. And don't forget to check freesports.tv for all our other hockey info. It's time for the Fan Agenda, brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. This week, a little, something a little bit different. Keep your nose clean, the boss is around. It's Robert Fitzpatrick, how are you, mate? I'm very well, Patrick, how are you? I'm doing very well, mate, doing very well. Glad one trophy, well, sorry to say one trophy, two trophies in the cabinet already. You must be very pleased with the way this season's going. I am, tremendously pleased. I think that it's nothing that the team didn't deserve. I think their work ethic and their commitment and their application has been first class and if anybody goes suggests that they're going on holidays to Dundee this year they can sign off forever <laughs> it's been it's been an interesting season of course it's uh, Adam Keefe's second season at the helm uh, there seems to be a lot of building going on especially the team that have been put together this season has been very strong it has and I mean I think that's been um, part part Steve's sort of continuing involvement in recruitment but increasingly more Adam becoming the figurehead and coming to the forefront as the leader of the of the organisation in terms of all of the on ice stuff. Uh, we've always known of Adam's passion for the club and for the city. We've known about his his incredible um, what we call CSR, his, his incredible social responsibility and the, and what he means to so many people and a lot of the work that he's done behind the scenes that nobody even knows about. And increasingly, as he starts to you know, develop as a coach, more and more people are becoming more and more confident in his ability. And that's something that we have to allow him to grow and 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 support him in every way we can as he as he seeks to bring more honours to Belfast. Robert, I mean obviously you know we've got the two bag already picking up the, the conference title there at the end. But moving forward um, there's still two available to go for. Um, I'm being very greedy. I'd love the both of them. Uh, but you know, as a as a as a silverware last year, silverware this year, and Adam's first two seasons, it must be viewed as a as a success so far for especially from the Odyssey Trust side of things. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I think. I mean, if I can be candid, last year was the monkey off the back. Let's be honest. Um, we'd had pretty much. Four years of where we 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 essentially won the league in our first year, and then we'd had sort of Steve coming back doing a bit of coaching. Um, we'd had um, sort of hit and miss across the coaching um, head of hockey operation. Where let's be honest, it was too much. And when we got Adam to the point where he was ready to step up to coach, you weren't going to put the immediate pressure of saying to him, right, the expectation of the KPI is that you deliver silverware in your first year or whatever the case may be. Fact was he done it, and and really, what I've kept saying to the boys is, yes, it's a tremendously successful year, but lad, you're just resetting the bar every time you win a tournament. You're just resetting the bar of expectation, and you're resetting the bar of accomplishment. Now we all know sports sport, but right now at this moment in time, would I love all four trophies? Of course I would. I'm a sportsman, but the reality of it is, is, is if we get them, great. And then we start from scratch and we try and do it again. That's why the sport is what it is, and that's why we're all in love with it. Robert, Davey, um, I've, I've made it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, you say there about being a sportsman yourself, and, you know, and you're as much of a fan of, of the Belfast Giants as the rest of us, and, and you're, I guess you're kind of fortunate that 
you, you probably feel fortunate to work in the in the role that you do within the club. And you know, Kiefer talked earlier today. There are about potentially nine games left in in the careers of some guys. And then you talk about resetting. You know, but talk talk to me about the personalities and how, how that feels to to build these relationships with guys. And then you know they retire and they go on, but they've nothing but good things to say about Belfast when they leave. Well, I mean. It's it's nothing that I can take great credit for. I mean, you know, Jim Gillespie isn't the honorary president of the club for nothing. Jim Gillespie is the only president goes to him that set the bar. He set the bar of expectation in terms of our community involvement and why this club means so much to so many people. Um, in terms of in terms of how you you tend to gravitate towards, if you like, you know, players that come in and players that leave, you set by example, and no better example than Kiefer and Garsh and Murph and players that have been here a while that just get it and understand what it is to be a giant. And then you get somebody like Big Smo, who pretty much must have read the Bible before he got off the plane because he has just translated into what it is to be a Belfast giant. Now, for me, I mean, I remember having a long conversation with Adam um, the year we won the league by a street. I mean, we did think one... Um, in February of that year, in that particular year, we'd been we'd been four one up in the final of the first leg of the Challenge Cup, and we had to go to Nottingham, and they took the Challenge Cup off us. Then we were beaten by a rookie OG and our sort of an overtime goal in the playoffs. And I remember Adam saying to me at that time when he was still playing that that you know we've we've left one behind us and we'll never get the chance again. So the motivation for the players at the end of their careers now to smell the chance of maybe having that on their CVs or having that on their memories for their last team is a very, very powerful motivation, I would say. Going from Twitter, a couple of questions, as we always do, Robert, and uh, I'm flicking through Twitter. The first one I came across is, do you keep your poster in a cupboard? Somebody's watching Dairy Girls. Um, <laughs> Alan Durish, obviously picking up on something you said earlier this season, asking uh, about the uh, the possibility of an NHL team in Belfast for the Giants' 20th anniversary? There will be a team in Belfast for the 20th anniversary. I can tell you that now. Um, one of the one of the things that we have discovered is that the NHL have redefined and redesigned how they engage with clubs that want NHL teams to play. Um, the opportunity for us is to effectively piggyback on two teams that will be going to one of the territories that they selected next year and hope to convince them to come in to play a Belfast Giants team this year um, in, in prior to going on to play wherever their series might be in Europe. That's the first um, opportunity that we're, we're exploring right now. And then subsequently, because uh, the Bruins have had uh, such a great um, uh, experience with us back in 2010, We've met now with both um, Cam Neely and Donnie Sweeney, and they've basically said, listen, whatever's in the mix, we want to be involved in your 20th anniversary, celebration, 20th anniversary celebrations in some way. So there are a number of conversations going on a number of different levels, and it's my ambition to, to, to land one of them so that we can celebrate 20 years the way it needs to be celebrated. Stevie Thompson. Us. Uh, it's been a number of years since you mentioned about creating a dynasty in Belfast, and since then, our on ice success has struggled until Kiefer's taken took over the reins. What can Giants fans expect over the next five years on and off the ice? Um, well, if uh, I will, I will consider it a single point of failure if I don't have an ice ring in the next five years. I'll tell you that for nothing. 
um, because uh, if we're serious about development and we're serious about uh, creating a legacy for all of the people that have gone before us, then we've got to get a nice rink. Start and finish. As far as as far as the as far as the um, the Giants are concerned, look, <coughs> you know, it's nice of you to say that I'm a fan, and it's nice of you to remind me that I get enjoyment from it. And you're right, I do, but it's a business first. And in order for it to be a business, it has to be lean, it has to be mean, and it has to function within a suite of other businesses. Now, you might say, well, we've got particular ownerships of the Giants and all the rest. The, the, the Giants are now the anchor tenants of the arena and are immersed into how the arena moves forward. Are we ever going to get over the issue of, you know, a Giants game against a U2 concert? We're not. And until such times as as until such times as you know we we see the ability for um, ice to be spectated outside of our arena, um, that's always going to be the case. But you're going to get five years of commitment. You're going to get five years of growth. Um, I'd like to have two and a half thousand season ticket holders in the next two years. And success on the ice will breed that. I'd like to have, um, I'd like to have a pathway in some way, shape, or form, where some of the better kids can think about a chance of coming back to play for the Giants. But all of those are aspirational and dependent on how the business performs. And I keep coming back to this from the very first time I spoke to you, Paddy. The more disciples we have, telling people how good we are, the better our business will be. Robert, we'll have to, now we've got you on the podcast, we'll have to just kind of flesh out a wee bit more with the development and the ice pad stuff. I know Sizzle will probably follow me up here, but you know, we'll talk about development. There's a lot of good kids now going across to, they're playing in Scotland more, they're, they're going to North America, they're taking their chances. And, and I've seen a good debate on, on, on Twitter today about you know who's going to be the next Rob Dyde, who's going to be the next Colin Shields as these guys get older and, and progress in their careers. You know, there has to be room for guys to come in at the bottom, the NIHL or whatever it was, hasn't really done well. They're bringing a second tier in. Milton Keynes are sadly going down to that. But you know, there has to be opportunities in Belfast for, for local kids to, to try and wear that badge on their chest. You're absolutely right. I mean, that, that's probably why, you know, um, as we speak, we're identifying sites in the city where we can build a rink. Um, but the rink can't be a big blue tent. It has to be a piece of fabric. It has to be a piece of infrastructure that people recognize will not only service the needs of a professional sports team and their junior acolytes, if you like, but will also be a social enabler to teach kids the discipline of a sport, to teach kids the discipline of learning a new skill. In the same way, when we were all growing up, we were all taught, we were all taught how to swim. My vision is is that is that if we build a rink, um, notwithstanding, and I've heard Sis's very eloquent eloquent argument around the location of a of a rink and all the rest. But let's face facts, guys. Um, you know, there's two chunks of the city of Belfast have never experienced the joy of skating because you know of the location of Dundonald. And if we can, in some way, shape, or form, on a neutral site with a neutral team inspire a swathe of interest in the development of an ice rink. Well, then we're, we're starting to really make an inroad into tying the city back to one sport. You've heard all the quotes over the years about how on a Saturday night we've got more fans attending than the whole of the Irish League. 
But that becomes a bit tiresome after a while. We have to capitalise on the fact that we're growing the sport back up again. And the only way we're going to do that is with capital development. And that's why I'm working on sort of very hard at the minute to identify the sites and secure the funding to get something on the ground, um, certainly within the next 12 to 18 months. Robert, the uh, I've I've been you know I've said it before about the location of Dundonald. I was very very lucky that my doorstep uh, was you know built in when it was, and and I don't know what I've been up to at Dundonald Baseball. And I wholeheartedly agree with you that there's so many people within the Greater Belfast area that haven't actually had the pleasure of going for a skate or even coming to the arena. You know, you, you talk on about there, about the, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of people talk about there's more people come to the arena on a Saturday night than what there is the whole Irish League football. Not just a Saturday night. If you're there on a Friday night or there on a Sunday afternoon, there's still more people in the Irish League football. Um, but moving forward, the development of the team itself, um, and, and Davey mentioned it as well, we need to have a kid from Belfast in that team. Agreed. There needs to be... There needs to be the uh, you know and I know Rob Stewart and uh, and great job um, at Dundonald with the, the junior Giants, but there I think it's imperative with the I don't think there's anybody right now. I, I honestly don't think there's anybody enough to be playing um, outside of Dick outside of Dicko. Dicko's done a great job for the last ten years doing what he's and getting the role that he's been put into. Yes, his, his ice time's always been limited, but with regards to players skating, we do not have anybody. Big enough, strong enough, fast enough. That's going to be available to play within the next five years. How are we going to tackle that? Well, the rink has to be built, sis. And not only does the rink have to be built, but then we have to go out and look at best practice around the world in how we uh, coach and develop athletes that are capable of playing for the Giants. I mean, it's all very well building the rink and introducing it uh, to a to a, a sort of a a new audience but if you think about the amount of investment that's gone into example um with the team in the last couple of years on on ice monitoring where we're 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 now looking at we're looking at stats we're looking at body weight we're looking at heart rate monitoring we're looking at you know um uh, vo2 max measurements we're 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 professionalizing the expectation of performance to to the nth degree primarily because we want to win. Now, if you put a Belfast kid into the middle of that, you're absolutely right. He has to be strong, he has to be fast, and he has to be as good as the 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 least best Brit that we might take up. Now you've absolutely talked about agree. that issue. You've talked about that issue. Here's another issue for you. Um we've been very, very, very lucky that our Brit Corps has produced a standard of excellence <laughs> that was again demonstrated on Friday and Saturday night, night past, we've produced a, a level of excellence from those guys that we've taken for granted for so long. Those guys are coming to the end. And the day that they step away, we're now looking at a profile where, you know, you've got Mark Garcet at 29, who's maybe looking at a testimonial next year for 10 years with the club. You're at Lucas, Lewis Hook, who is probably the future of our sort of Brit court at the minute, and probably Paul Swindlehurst, maybe Jonathan Boxall. But in the likes of Sheds and Stephen Murphy, you're starting to count the days. You're starting to count the days where their <laughs> magnificent career is going to come to a, a splendid end. And then you're going to be saying to yourself, well, Jesus, where's the next Colin Shields? Where's the next Stephen Murphy? And for me, 
until we crack the infrastructure issue? I haven't got an answer. I mean, we yeah, can certainly rely on Steve. And let's be honest, guys, we all know why we started we started the NCAA, because we see that as a recruitment tool. You know, and we know that there have been kids from Ireland that have gone into the NCAA and we can bring them back and claim them, claim them, under, claim them as our own. But believe me when I tell you this, nothing will give me greater joy than the day I see the next Graham Walton or the next or the next um, um, uh, Andrew Dixon come out onto the ice. You, you touched on the NCAA factor. Um, is there? Do you think there's a possibility of getting support from NCAA to do what? Well, one, if we get the kids to a certain level here. Uh, whether it's discreet. I mean, take for argument's sake, you're looking at uh, Mark Morrison's little girl, uh, Caitlin. Well, not little girl, she's just turned 16. But uh, the likes of Caitlin getting away to the States and playing in a college over there. Um, actually, apologies, in Canada. But um, do you think there's a possibility if the kids get to a certain level here that we can assist them to get on to the next level, uh, potentially NCAA? I mean, well, okay. So one of the deals that was cut with, um, with uh, the colleges was that if we ever had a kid that had the SAT requirements, the exam requirements, that each college would leave a scholarship behind them in Belfast for us to use for development of one of our kids. And if we could get, for example, a good kid, take, take somebody like Rob Stewart's son, young son. Matt gets to 16, 17, 18. He's maybe been through the Canadian process, whatever it is. And we want, and he wants to go to Northeastern, or he wants to go to BU. We have a commitment from the colleges through the NCAA program that if that kid has the necessary sats, they'll recruit him to come and play hockey for that school. Now, whether he makes it or not is 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 up to him. But the um, the uh, requisition of entry, if you like, for a kid like that into the NCAA system, trust me, it will not be a barrier. The NCAA um, have probably dined out on the success of Belfast for the last five years and have been saying to ev- saying to us every year for the last five years, Robert, what you've done for the brand is off the chart. What you've done for the student athletes is off the chart. What can we do for you? And right now, you could send us over that ice plant that you're not using in Fenway Park anymore and we'll, see, we'll put it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, we haven't been able to craft and ask because we haven't had an infrastructure debate or we haven't had a talent debate or we haven't had a candidate debate that allows us to go to them and say, you know what, guys, the winning team of each year needs to take a kid from Belfast the following year. We haven't got the kids. Yeah. And that all comes back to the development. Yeah. But in fairness, the NCAA will not be behind the door in meeting any request or any ask we have for talent development from here. I think they would open us they would welcome us with open arms. And that, that's where it all comes back to it's, it's literally a revolving revolving circle. That's where it all comes back to getting the next ice plant. That's the that's the most vital thing yeah. for the development sport in Northern Ireland. So there are two sites that have been developed and that have been identified in Belfast. One of the sites would be very much themed around collaboration with uh, Belfast City Council. The other site would be ourselves um, looking at the financial viability of putting up a rink on our own right and turning the essentially the the Odyssey into a campus where you'd acquire 10 or 12 apartments in the arc, 
you'd build the rink on site and you'd effectively develop a campus approach. Now, in order to do that, you have to have all your ducks lined up. You've got to have the double IHF saying, yes, in principle, we support your logic. And because you're a burgeoning nature and you've kept the Giants going for 20 years, here's some help we can give you. Then you've got to go to IHUK and you've got to say to them, right, boys, time to pony up and leverage Sport NI or Sport England or whatever the case is. And you need to come up with something. We'll come with the site. We'll come with the desire. We'll come with the management. We'll come with the, we'll take the risk. But really, until there's that collaboration, and and I'm beginning to sound like a broken record, the more people that are talking about the requirement for this to happen, and the more people that are asking questions about their right as a a sort of a a rate care to be able to say, well, hang on, you know, I I was very lucky because in my sport, we had great provision. But you've got in Belfast in the last, let's say, five years, soccer have been accommodated with a brand new stadium at Windsor Park. Um, rugby have been accommodated with a brand new stadium at Kingspan. £62 million has been ring-fenced to deliver a stadium for the GAA in Casement. And ice One hockey, day. ice hockey is mainstream. I, I, Robert, I, I don't disagree with you and sorry for cutting across there, it's just in the debate. I still think that, and you've, you've said it a few times, we need to do something more to get the message of ice hockey out there. There's a well, quarter of a, a quarter of a million people have watched the Belfast Giants this season. That's a that's staggering correct. statistic, and I don't think within the Irish league and that that people would actually believe that that we are actually more popular than they are, and and it's it's getting that message out into the mainstream. Well, you maybe do yourselves a bit of a disservice, uh, Davey, and I'll tell you why. Um, any of the any of the doors that I need to open around the Belfast Giants is, it's a best kept secret, but it's known, it's known for its community involvement. I mean, if I can just take two minutes to explain something to you. We started the Ice Academy two years ago. And the Ice Academy was um, targeted at uh, the T-Buck money, which was targeting social need. And we went to a a, a group and we said, we went to a youth group and we said to the youth group, look, we want you to find us 15 kids where life's been tough. They might be on the street. They might be in a drug program. They might be out of school. They might have broken homes. Go and find 15 kids. We ran the first program, and we gave the 15 kids jobs at the end of it. One of the kids uh, was a homeless kid, broken, broken home, um, had been exposed to some horrible stuff on the street. And she was so good in the first year that we invited her back to be a mentor on the second year. She's now working full-time in W5, all because of the Ice Academy. And the fact that Stephen Murphy and Jeff Mason and Colin Shields took a bit of time to talk to her and imbue her a bit of confidence and all the rest, those are the stories that need to be told. The story on the ice about the Giants, we get more media exposure. I think our media exposure last night was, or last year was tabled to something like £2.6 million of value. It's about ice as an enablement. And once people realize that it's not just about the 14 imports and the six or seven Brits and the three or 400 kids, when they realize that ice is actually part of a social structure that can help people have a better life, that's then when the penny will drop. When I go to City Hall and say, look, we want to do this, say, look, we've been putting it off for years because 
Dundonald has had a monopoly on this or Dundonald's had a monopoly on that. But actually, we recognize the value that ICE has brought to the city. Congratulations. Where do you want this built? So if we're all pushing it open doors, but until we actually get somebody to put a spade in the ground, it's all talk. Interesting. When, when you talk about the NCAA, and obviously the, we've had two lots of the NCAA this season, we've had two lots of the Continental Cup this season, and, and you know, it, all of those tournaments have been run fantastically, <coughs> so much so that it's led. And I'm going to bring this question up. The last time I brought it up with you, Robert, I ended up in a lot of trouble, but I'm going to bring it up again. Johnny Baxter, I'm going to pass it off to him. Johnny Baxter asks, what can we expect next year with the CHL coming up? And can our budget handle the additional cost while staying competitive in the league? Yes, yes, yes. Simple as that. <laughs> there you go. I mean, look, let me let me clarify something because I, I was I was a bit sort of I was a bit sort of nonplussed about that whole conversation we had the last time we talked about CHL. I was asked a question and I said heart and head. Yep. If it was a head call as a businessman with the CHL being the way it's run and all the rest, then my head position would be, unless we've got guarantees of performance and guarantees of this, why would we risk next year's recruitment on what is essentially, guys, a jolly? My heart, on the other hand, was saying, Jesus, Champions League, our club's in the Champions League, we have to embrace this. Now, that's my personal position. As far as I was concerned, the circumstances weren't there at the time for the scale of opportunity of the CHL to be presented as a decision we had to take. Had we won the Continental Cup, we would have went into the CHL? We would have. Now, you might say, I heard a very eloquent argument from Sis that said, I would have preferred to stay in the Continental Cup and, and try and retain it, and that's fine. But I also heard you on the other hand, Patty, saying that if we'd have turned down the CHL a second time, we'd have been a laughing stock and Actually, you were right. We would have been a laughing stock. So the CHL and the preparation for the CHL has already begun. And be, be under no illusion. The only challenge that I'm setting down to all the people that ask about the CHL is, do you see when we put the dates up? And do you see when we announce the three home games? I don't want to hear anybody then coming back and saying, ah, CHL, the system was that. It's your duty to fill the rink. And it's your duty to bring other people with you. And turn them into people that understand why you're so passionate about the sport. Because if we get a red, uh, uh, if we get a nice bar in Berlin or Frölunda or whatever it is, it becomes an experience that heightens our brand in Europe again. We'll get TV, and it means that when I'm going to make hard asks about capital contributions to the building of ice rinks, because we're now in the Champions League, it makes my job an awful lot easier if they're coming in and they're seeing a full rink. We had the CHL representatives at the final of the Continental Cup. They were blown away. They couldn't understand that a territory in Europe could translate that much passion and emotion for a sports team. And there's only one rank on the island. They couldn't believe it. Now, how do we channel that passion and that emotion into a spade in the ground? That's my challenge. The uh, Robert, uh, to be honest with you, I think the three of us, I'm speaking about the three of us, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I really appreciate you. Like, um, I don't think anybody's going to, uh, we always know that you, you speak your mind and, and, and we always appreciate that you literally just say it the way it is. Um, sometimes you, you come out with a wind your neck in, which we haven't had tonight, but you might give me a few minutes. <laughs> the, uh, we, we always finish, with the, the last few months we've been finishing on the guests um, with a quick fire question round, all supplied by... Um, uh, one of the uh, listeners called Jasmine Kitchen. Um, so, so <laughs> she's wrote a couple of special ones for you here. Um, right. 
why do you not wear socks? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have to. Oh. All right. Um, what's the top of your bucket list? I just completed it. It was to see Bob Seger in the Silver Bullet Band live, and I saw them in Austin, Texas last Thursday night. Very nice. Okay. Perfect. Favourite ice cream? Um, Pooh Bear. Interesting. Favourite favorite sport outside of ice hockey? Yeah. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Brush my teeth. Last book you read? The Kindly Ones. Right. And the last one, what one thing are you most afraid of? The dark. That's very me good. done, Paddy. Very good. Well, Robert, listen, thank you very much for your time. Thanks to everybody who sent in their questions for uh, for Robert. And Robert, really, really, really appreciate you coming and joining us today. My pleasure, gentlemen. Have a good night. Thanks again to Robert for his time. Right, let's have a look ahead to this weekend's games. As I say, there's only five games left in regulation season for the Belfast Giants. And uh, only two of those are away from home. One of those away from home games comes on Friday night at the Drizzle Dome against the Manchester Storm, 7.30 p.m. Uh, You'll get that on Storm TV with our good friend, Mr. Stephen Packer, who's behind the mic for that. And then the Giants have a day off and then come back to the SSC Arena for their final battle this season in the league against the Sheffield Steelers. 4pm, you can get tickets at OT at 9073, 9074, and 4pm at the SSC Arena. And if you can't make yourself get yourself down there, of course, you can join Mr. Kitchen and the guys on Belfast Giants TV. Says, uh, I'll start with you. What are the dangers in either of these two games? Um, again, I've talked about it on numerous occasions. Friday night's the most important one. That's concentrating the storm. Um, you know, they've beat us this year. Um, they've got a good goalie. Uh, they can they can win them games on their own. We're playing very very well. Um, it's a difficult place to go into. You know, dark and dingy, and and uh, you know, it's 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 a tight compact rink and, and they have some big bodies out there so I think the most important thing for us on Friday night is discipline we need to keep our discipline we need to keep our systems going just do what we've been doing stay strong defensively because we were a couple of weeks ago we were giving up a couple of soft goals uh, I thought we were much tighter at the weekend and, and considering only one goal each night um, and whoever plays net whether it's Besco whether it's uh, Murph you know I'm, I'm pretty confident in picking up the first two points on Friday night Davey, both teams, they've run us tight to the season. Obviously, that last game against the Sheffield Steelers was a defeat in the uh, it was a defeat in, in Sheffield for us. Uh, Manchester, they've put a good shift in against us as well. It could be a dangerous weekend. Yeah, like a big team built for the small rink and they're physical. They've got decent goaltending. They've got goals throughout the team as well. So it's going to be a, a challenge. And as Simon has said there, so eloquently, it's the one big focus of the next two days of, of practice is going to be what happens as soon as that puck drops in Manchester. We're going to have to be all over them and we're going to have to battle really, really hard to come away with the two points. It's it's, it's as straightforward as we need to take 10 points out of our next five games. I know we're not looking, you know, the guys won't look beyond Friday, but we, we can speculate, you know. For me, I think if we're going to win this league, we need to take... If, if we win our next five games, I think we'll, we've got a very good chance of coming away with something. Especially with 
Cardiff going up against Glasgow a couple of times. Maybe a, a wobble against the Sheffield Steelers gives a bit of a chink in, chink in their armour. If the Giants were to end up with 94 points at the end of the season, I think it'd be you'd have to tip your hat to anybody who was above that. Well, yeah, and I'm not a, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the what the tiebreakers would be because if we win our next five games, we would have forty regulation wins. If they win, oh, they would only win their next. If they were so, depending on them winning four, they'd end up in thirty nine regulation wins. So, so we would win it on regulation wins. So your 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 yeah. league placing determination order are points accumulated, obviously, then yeah. regulate then regulation wins, then total yeah. wins. Yeah. Then head to head. Better head to head. And then you go fewest regulation losses, away game record, goal scored, goal difference, fewest penalty minutes, and then if it's, <laughs> if it's still everything tied by then, which is only then you draw lots. That would be so village, wouldn't it? <laughs> so so elite league. <laughs> yeah, no. In all fairness, as I said, I'm not going for we've a better head to head. Yeah. So I'm not going any further than that. And I've done my totals on Coventry, Manchester and Dundee. Go on. <laughs> I think Dundee will finish eighth place. Ooh. Big shite says big shite. I, I think Dundee I think Dundee have got enough to beat. So that puts them into fifty six points. And that can put them on to fifty seven games, but that'll put them in eighth place. I can't see them getting a the result against Cardiff. Or the Giants, and then they're away to Guildford in the last day. By that stage, Guildford are already thinking about their uh, playoffs, but and, they're ha- and they're, but they're having to fly from Belfast to Guildford for that game, aren't they? Because it's a Saturday yeah. Sunday. See, let me tell you something: so much easier flying from Belfast to Guildford than taking an eleven-hour bus. No, that's a fair point. Dundee, I say, Coventry's fixture this is Dundee <sighs> away, and then Guildford at home, uh, Belfast. On next Wednesday night, so Dundee, um, I think Dundee will beat Coventry. I can't see Guildford getting beat by Coventry if out way, but hopefully Belfast will beat them. Then the Manchester, I actually think that the Blaze will beat Manchester, which is the Blaze or sorry Manchester's last game of the season. But then the Blaze have the Devils away, so depending on if the if if we cough up and we don't win the next four games, okay. If we don't win the next four games, then the Devils play Coventry on the last night of the season. And by that stage, the Devils, if they have won the league, then that'll be an easy game for Coventry and they could end up finishing eighth. But Guildford have already qualified for the playoffs. It's that last game of the season that I think it's going to come down to against between Dundee and Coventry. I think I don't think Manchester will be in it. Well, that's it. It's the it's the business end of the season at the top and at the bottom of the elite league table. And uh, and on that, is there any other business for this uh, for this podcast, gentlemen? Yeah, any other business? I've got a wee bit, mate. Uh, just not really a big deal. Um, he doesn't, you know, just another game. But uh, I think we've, we've as a really good friend of ours, um, top top lad, and to come out with one thousand Belfast Giants games on the bench. Um, Jason Taff Ellery uh, did that on Saturday night against the Coventry Blaze. Uh, massive, massive, massive achievement. And uh, he couldn't be a nicer boy. He's, he's the hardest working guy I think I've ever come across. And, and uh, a real, real top lad. And uh, congratulations to Taff. A phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal record, David. 
Look, a thousand domestic games for the Belfast Giants. Add in another, I don't know, maybe dozen at least Continental Cup games, pre-season games, friendlies, tournaments, helping set up at NCAA things that happen, other things that happen in the arena. All those GB games over those amount of years as well. You know, hundreds and hundreds more games than the thousand. But more importantly than that, a heck of a gentleman. He is the glue that keeps the organisation together. You know, players, you only need to listen back to the, the webcast there on Saturday night and the players tweeting in, you know, Robbie Sandbach, Alfie, all these players that, that took time to, you know, mention Taff in their tweets this week and, and would give anything to, to be back and spend the day in his company and have a bit of a laugh with him. He looks after, what was you said, Sam, 22 children, basically. Yeah, you know, from, big girls. From, from the middle of August till the middle of April and then he's gone away for six weeks or whatever with GB, you know, to, to do the same again. He's a shining example of what an equipment manager should be because he's more than just a skate sharpener and a, and a stick boy. You know, he does everything. He's the first one at the arena and he's the last one away. I know that's cliche for hockey. People say, you know, certain players are the first one in the arena, last one away. Taff is always there before any player and he's always there after they've left. And he's got the kettle on for them and he's got their every need catered for so those boys can just concentrate on winning trophies. And that's why it's so important when the likes of the Giants win the Challenge Cup trophy that Jason Taffeller is able to hoist that trophy out on the ice in front of fans and get the reception he does because he deserves every accolade coming his way. Just a heck of a guy. Here, here. Congratulations to Taff. A phenomenal, phenomenal record. And uh, long may that continue. A top, top guy who works so hard for this organization. And it's just one of those things. It sort of goes quietly about his business in the background. But I saw a big, I saw a new, brand new flag uh, from the Boomerang Corner once to, to, for Taff. And I thought that was excellent. But uh, but yes, a good friend of us here at A View from the Bridge. And, and well done to him. Uh, anything from you, Davey? No, mate, not tonight. I think uh, we'll leave it with Taff getting the, the plaudits tonight. Absolutely. Uh, big thanks to Robert Fitzpatrick, Adam Keith, Dustin Johnner, Aaron Murphy. Your game of the week is on Wednesday night. The two games for the Belfast Giants. Friday night away to the Manchester Storm. If you're not making a trip over to sunny Altrincham, then you can get it on Storm TV. And on Sunday, the Giants return home to the SSE Arena to face the Steelers at 4pm. You can get tickets for that. 9073 9074 Davey's got a big yawn there but you know that's fine you're doing alright mate yeah it is like quarter past 11 at night here I'm well aware and if you can't if you can't get down to that game then you can get the game on uh, Belfast Giants TV uh, thanks to everybody for contacting us through the week AVFTB on Twitter podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com not had an email in a while if anybody wants to send an email go for it Kingdom of the Giants website for your highlights game reports and our post game interviews thanks to Total Performance Fitness for those and you'll get those also on soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTB David, Simon thank you very much for your time Cheers boys, been fun Thanks guys, appreciate it Wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge
Social Podcast Network.